BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. There's a building in West Oakland on San Pablo Avenue. You could have visited a year ago right after the fire and it wouldn't look much different. This is Matias Gaffney, an investigative reporter with the Bay Area News Group. You see char marks still. The, the windows of the second and third stories are all busted out still. And you can see the blackened wooden structure. A year ago today, in the early morning in West Oakland, more than 80 people escaped the fire. Four people died. The deadly fire sent flames and smoke shooting out of the Oakland apartment. Fire investigators trying to determine the cause of this massive fire. And there West were West. dozens of people rescued and had to leave the building tonight. They're at a church and they're being helped by Red Cross. Today, one year after the fire, where did all the people go? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. So, on March 27th last year, there was a fire at a building on San Pablo Avenue in West Oakland. Can you tell us about some of the people who survived the fire? Uh, Dominique Jarvis, you know, he, his friends all called him Booby. He was the building security at San Pablo Avenue um, at the time of the fire. And he also lived there, so he was also a tenant. About 5 a.m., he's standing outside this room, room 210, where Elmore Briggs lived, who goes by Elmo. He had lit a candle on a paper plate on top of his TV. It burns down to the end, tips over, and catches fire on the carpet below. As Booby starts walking away down the hallway, he notices some smoke and fire, runs back. They unlock the door, open it. They have this big fire, mainly on the carpet. They try to pull the carpet out, which makes it only worse. And it's getting really big inside the room now, and the door is wide open, and the flames start you know, racing out of the room and into the hallway. Booby and some of the other residents start knocking on as many doors as they possibly can before he himself um, gets out of the building. I remember when this story first started coming out, hearing that there was like more than 80 people living in this building. Can you tell us what kind of residence this was? So this is um, a building in West Oakland, three stories, and it's it's owned by an individual who rents it out to a number of nonprofits. And so the lead tenant was uh, called Eurojas, and they were there to help you know people battling um, addiction and homelessness. We're talking about folks who are incredibly vulnerable, 
probably, you know, when you talk about the safety net, this is probably the bottom rung of the safety net. So these are people who, if they're not living in this building on San Pablo Avenue, they're going to be homeless, most likely. We reported back shortly after the fire that there was a number of calls of service to police um, and fire in the years prior to the fire where um, there were issues there. And what what you're talking about are like the code violations that came out in the media after that, like exposed wire, there was no fire, fire sprinklers, stuff like that, right? Firefighters numerous times would go out there for like a medical call and they'd see all these, you know, severe fire safety hazards. And we have emails showing how they're, you know, complaining, like someone needs to get out there and um, look at this building. Three days before the fire, um, they finally, the inspectors finally went there and found these, you know, a laundry list of fire code violations. But, you know, three days later, the fire happened and it was too late. And we should also mention that this is just three months after the deadly Oakland warehouse fire that killed 36 people, too. So this is like in the wake of all that. What was the city doing to try to find people who were displaced on a San Pablo fire housing? After the fire, the you know, people were put up in, in temporary housing immediately after the fire. There were a lot of complaints by residents uh, saying that they weren't getting enough help. It's a shame for the people that say that they're the leaders and we're still in this predicament. A lot of them went on the street. A lot of them went to the homeless encampments right around the corner. And some of them sleep on couches with friends and, you know, others, you know, maybe a few of them found permanent housing, but not not most of them. So more than 80 people were displaced by this fire. And one of them was Dominic Jarvis, who, who his friends called him Booby. Where does he go? He became homeless less than a half mile away. He started living underneath Interstate 980 and uh, moved into a, a homeless encampment there at Northgate in Sycamore. Several months later, the Bay Area News Group reported on a shooting at a homeless encampment in Oakland. The, the brief we had on it is very slim, and we don't have a motive. Then, just last week when they were researching this story... My colleague David DeBolt, he went down to the freeway underpass looking for people who used to live at San Pablo Avenue. And he started seeing R.I.P. Booby written at various places, you know, on, on the concrete underpath pillars and on these, like, you know, particle board signs that they put up. And that's when David and Matthias put it together that Dominique Jarvis, the guy in charge of building security at the San Pablo building, was shot. It's sadly like many Oakland homicides where you don't get many details. Not many people were talking. We don't know anything other than he was living at this, this encampment underneath 980 and was shot and killed. And there's no leads on suspects that we've reported on and there's no I- idea on why. What happened to some of the other people who were displaced by the fires? We had a long list of people we spoke to, um, and there's only a few who we were able to find again. One was Gail Harbin, and she was kind of like the the unofficial cook of the San Pablo Avenue facility. We are all hurt, angry, and emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, um, seeing our homes going in flames. So like now everyone is concerned about where are we going to, what are they going to do with us, where are they going to place us. Then nobody wants to be out in the street. She's now suing, along with other survivors, the city, Eurojas, the nonprofit, the building owner, and others um, uh, over this fire. And she's living um, and renting a room at a, at a family member's house. 
They said it's really been a hodgepodge ever since the fire. Some found couches to sleep on. Some are homeless at encampments. And then, you know, a lucky few have found some permanent housing. Um, but for the most part, you know, still very vulnerable, all these communities and the people who um, were forced out of the building. So all these people lost their homes. Some were forced on the streets. Some have these temporary solutions for housing. Who, who are people blaming? People are blaming um, just about anyone who had their fingers on that building. Um, you know, the city is named in a lawsuit for the fact that firefighters knew about um, these issues long before the fire and nothing was done. They're blaming the building owner, Keith Kim, who um, operated this house and rented it out and knew about a lot of these issues that were happening there and nothing was done. They're blaming the, the lead tenants in the building, which is um, these nonprofits who also had complaints over and over from people living there. And in the end, everyone knew about fire dangers in this building and very little was done. Matthias, thank you so much for sharing with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. The Bay Area News Group investigated Oakland's fire inspection process last year. It found the city's Fire Prevention Bureau did not inspect about 80% of buildings that firefighters had flagged as potentially dangerous since 2011. You can find this investigation and more details from today's show by going online to eastbaytimes.com. Meanwhile, there are nine civil lawsuits that are moving through the courts. There's a court hearing today to check in on all those cases. Matthias Gaffney reported today's story along with David DeBolt, who covers Oakland City Hall for the Bay Area News Group. Special thanks to KQED's Tara Seiler and Alyssa Jung-Perry, whose sound we used in today's production. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Hello. Hey, Ma. Hey. What's up? <laughs> Just answering the phone. I want to tell you about another podcast that KQED has. It's called Cued Up. That's Q-E-D Up. It's this weekly show that tells you basically the best KQED story of the week or just something really cool that you may have missed. Does that sound like something that you would subscribe to? Yes. I like that kind of thing, you know, where it gives you a glimpse into something that you wouldn't just get in the daily news. All right. Do me a favor. Subscribe to Cued Up. That's Q-E-D Up. And then I'll call you back in the future and I'll ask you what you think. Okay, sounds good. Talk to you later, Ma. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 